Peace, peace. So, yeah. Um, anyway, we're going to continue on with talking about space. So, the next thing I wanted to talk about was Sagittarius A, which is, I believe, the name of the supermassive black hole at the center of our Milky Way galaxy, which we confirmed this year. You know, remember that big donut picture? Yeah, I know these things don't make a big splash anymore, <laughs> you know, in a lot of people's lives. But, you know, if you pay attention to space and astronomy, um, not astrology, no one cares that you're a Sagittarius. Well, actually, I'm a Sagittarius, so I care. Uh, Sagittarius month. Whoop, whoop. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, so we have this supermassive black hole in the center of our galaxy, and it used to be a theory. It used to be just something that, you know, we could see the distortion. We could see what was going on. Now we can actually see it. So, um, and we confirm this, you know, this is not something that is, you know, uh, a theory anymore. I keep saying theory, a theory, a theory. <laughs> but um, that's an amazing feat, you know, for our us human beings, us, our, our entire civilization, you know, we uh, thought about this, then we did the math on it, and now we have the science to back up our thoughts and our math, and now we have confirmed that there is a supermassive black hole at the center of our universe, and it is called Sagittarius A, and I am a Sagittarius, and I ain't Sagittarius B. <laughs> and so also in space, um, we're going back to the moon. And we put a rocket up there. That's the uh, the Orion spacecraft or the Artemis mission, whatever it's all called. Um, you know, I don't have the notes on me right now, but I know that we, you know, sent another rocket up there and took some pictures and, you know, got the technology back down so that, you know, because, you know, it's kind of like um, going analog again. Kind of got to go backwards to go forward a little bit. Like, you know, so we did that. And now... We are set to go back to the moon and set up some bases, which will help us ultimately launch our way to Mars and to infinity and beyond. Dun, dun. Also in space, 2020 was a great year for space. We got the James Webb Telescope, deep space telescope a million miles from Earth, this big unfolding, you know, it, it, it literally it f unfolded in space. A million miles from Earth, and it's you know it's got these great pictures now. It's given us the um, the clearest picture of Neptune, um, the best picture of the galaxy clusters we ever seen, nebulas, um, and these super clear images where we're seeing you know these galaxies that each have you know billions of stars in them. We're seeing these clear pictures. We're seeing the um, pillars of creation, you know, even clearer. So it's like um, if you had glasses, but, you know, you got an upgrade and then your, your vision got even better. So we have a clearer picture of the universe and what's going on. And this is only going to improve. And it is a great advancement for our civilization, for our species, for human beings, and all of these things that took place in outer space. So, and look out for more of that as 2023 continues. Okay, so we're going to move away from the space stuff unless there's something else that comes up and I think of it, you know, but I can't right now. So, um, yeah, we're going to move on to another subject. All right. Boop.
So 2022 was, to me, it was quite possibly the most, like, volatile, weird, awe-inspiring, eye-opening year, one of them, in human civilization. So many things happen that it kind of like the wow factor kind of gets lost on people, I think. Um, Another thing that happened in 2022, we had Elon Musk purchase Twitter. So we had a public company that went into the hands of a private billionaire and all hell broke loose. I mean, people were going crazy because they were like, Elon Musk is leaning to the right. Now Twitter is going to be this troll place, troll farm for all of these right-leaning, far-right people. And to be honest, a lot of them did come out of the woodwork. But to me, these are just people who were taking advantage of things. These are, To me, these are the same people who would take advantage of a riot, of a natural disaster, of any kind of situation. They are opportunists. So they come in and they start doing the absolute most. And then it makes the situation look as bad as people thought it was going to be and so on and so forth. But in reality, um, I think it was just that. It's just trolls. And yes, there are people who are racist that are going to take advantage, but don't. that's not Elon Musk. You don't get to say that because Elon Musk leans to the right that he's racist. Ergo, Twitter is racist, you know, and uh, everyone quitting. I'm getting out of here. I'm leaving Twitter. All of these celebrities. Ah, shut the fuck up. You sound stupid, you know, and I, my annoyance. I, please forgive me, but my annoyance with the situation just comes from the fact that, you know, I people don't want to really voice their opinion about something because their opinion on the subject is generally uneducated because they say a lot of platitudes and a lot of things that don't are not actually applicable here and it you know it's become quite bothersome you know um yeah i got stompy mcfucknuts over my head right now once again so please forgive that as well but yeah you know so you know, the Twitter files, it, to me, is really much to do about nothing. Um, and so, okay, Elon Musk bought Twitter. And? So he's making a bunch of changes. And? So? I was shadow banned on Twitter for the longest time. And so were a lot of other people. And guess what? Now that we have the second part of this story, which is the Twitter files. Okay? The Twitter files came out. What happened in the Twitter files? Elon Musk unveiled a whole bunch of back chats and back conversations and things that were going on behind closed doors. And what does it turn out to be? Something. Not a nothing burger. Something happened here. It turns out that there was some nefarious shit going on. Okay? Turns out that there was some pretty nasty things going on that had to do with the FBI And, you know, uh, kind of usurping the will of the people, you know. And so I think that next year there's going to be a lot of hearings about this. There's going to be some people going to jail because you, the FBI, is telling these tech companies in secret, y'all, I need you to suppress this story. Y'all suppress the Hunter Biden story. That could have possibly changed the course of the election. Who knows? So and then when you do stupid stuff like that, it gives people 
a justifiable, not a justifiable, but almost like a pseudo justifiable reason to say things like, well, that's why they stormed the Capitol. Because first of all, them idiots that stormed the Capitol didn't know shit. It's a revolution. They didn't know shit. Those are just a bunch of platypus-sucking, Confederate flag-wearing, mullet-brain fools. Okay? They didn't know shit. Okay? But what we do know now is that the FBI was in collusion with Twitter and other tech oligarchies in suppressing the will and the rights of the people. And that, my friends, cannot be allowed. And that's what we should be paying attention to. Okay, because it's not cool. It's the same way we wouldn't want it done on one side, we don't want it done on the other side. And so these Twitter files were, you know, remarkable because they is it's like getting a, a veil being lifted and looking into uh, behind the situation and that we had not been able to see before. So now we confirm that, yes, Twitter employees were in collusion with each other and they were shadow banning people in groups as individuals. They were shadow banning people who had, you know, they shadow banned someone who had like three followers. Anybody that was uh, would, would dissent from what it is that their agenda was, which was left leaning, you know, and I'm not a right guy. I'm not a guy who's sitting there, a big old right leaning guy. No. Sorry, my phone's ringing. Um, the truth of the matter is, is that I, I'm somewhere in the middle on a lot of issues. There are some issues that I lean to the right with, but most issues, you know, I, I'm pretty much in the middle. You know, I think a la carte, when the issue comes up, I voice my opinion about that particular issue, you know, and I, I'm not going to be influenced by one group or the other. I make up my own mind. And, you know, it, it's unfortunate that the FBI was on the side of these tech oligarchs, which was ultimately against the people because you are usurping democracy when you collude to suppress people's rights and to, sub, sub, you know, subvert the people. And so I think as more of these Twitter files come out, I think it's, and we have some hearings, I think this thing is going to get interesting. You know, as my, my boy John likes to say, his dad would say, he would call an issue, he would say, the issue doesn't, you know, either it does or it doesn't have tits. Meaning, is this something that the people can grab onto? Can they hold on to it? Is, this, is it a visual? Is it something that they are going to resonate with? And this story doesn't really have tits right now because it's just a Twitter dump. And they, they haven't, they, they've narrowed down on some things, but there's been such a wide um, or, or such a suppression of the left-wing media on the story because it paints them in a negative light in a lot of aspects. It also paints the right in a negative aspect. But the left controls the majority of the media. So on the left, which is the majority of the media, like MSNBC, M NPR, CNN, you know, you're not going to get that information. They're, gonna, they're blowing it off. They're bl completely blowing the story off. And if you are on the left and you are allowing them to do that, that is a mistake. That is a mistake, okay? We should be paying attention. We should be focused on this. Everybody should be paying attention to what is going on here, okay? Um, because Jack Dorsey and Parag Argawal and Twitter were suppressing people's rights. I also heard a bunch of stuff about child porn that was going on on Twitter, and I'm like, damn, child porn? I'm like, 
I never even heard of this going on on Twitter. So it was all new to me. You know, uh, my boy started telling me about it and, you know, and I was like, what? And I'm, you know, I tried to sit there through all of the Twitter dumps. I don't have time to go through all of that. I'll wait until, you know, I, I went through a lot of it. I listened to a lot of that stuff. I listened to, you know, people like The Quartering and on YouTube, you know, who is a right-leaning channel. I don't care. I was just listening to the information. Just the same way I'll listen to Tucker Carlson, I'll listen to Sean Hannity. I'll listen to whoever I want to listen to and whoever I have to listen to to get the information. I mean, you, they could sit there and talk shit for an entire 90 minutes. But if on the 91st minute they say something that's pertinent or relevant to my situation, then it, it, that's all I needed. So the same way I listen to people on the left and MSNBC and Rachel Maddow and all of these other people and Don Lemon, I listen to them too. you know. But I also go off, off the trail and I listen to um, all kinds of other sources that have nothing to do with mainstream media. So my understanding of a situation is an aggregation of multiple sources. It's not just me getting one stream of consciousness beamed into my head and then me regurgitating that information as if I have the answer somehow. I don't. We are here, you and me, Democrat, Republican, independent, human. We are here trying to get the answers together. And I'm telling you, pay attention to this Twitter file stuff. It's bigger than you think. And if any more information that comes, pops into my mind about it, I'll bring it up. But I just wanted to touch on it just a little bit, you know. And as it, the situation unfolds, like the James Webb telescope, as it unfolds, I will, you know, continue to bring it up. And then if I want to do a whole podcast on it, I will, going through the specifics. I'm not going to do that right here because we're just touching on each issue um, and things, big stories that happen throughout the year. But this is one that I think we should all be paying attention to. Don't fall asleep and don't get in totally entrenched in your camp to where you can't see the forest for the trees. So pay attention, folks. All right, we are moving on. Okay, so I want to go a little bit into the migrant crisis, quote unquote. I don't want to get too deep into the weeds into it. I have addressed it before. But there are a couple of issues that I want to talk about. One, I don't care what anyone thinks about this particular part. I think Greg Abbott, the governor of, of um, Texas, sending those migrants to Kamala Harris's house, to her residence at the Naval Academy, is the funniest shit in the world. Okay, I think it is fucking hilarious. And guess what? I applaud him doing that. Okay, not because I want to see somebody be quote unquote cruel to people that don't live here or cruel to children. I'm not that's not I'm not trying to get off on this. I think it's funny because number one, the irony of it. Number two. That now, you know, to the fact that it's okay, it's okay for you to do it to his state, right? For Biden to, uh, you know, allow, an, you know, unimaginable amount of people to flood into the state of Texas, into border towns, overrun their resources, and then turn around and be like, you're racist because you don't want these people here. You're anti-immigrant and all of this. 
It's like, come on, man. Come on. Be reasonable here. This is one of the, to me, this is one of those arguments and one of those places where people do not want to get at the truth here. They just don't. Because the truth of the matter is, you have no business. The Democrats, Joe Biden, y'all have no business just leaving the barn gate open and letting all of the people come into the, in, in, like it's, you know, a free-for-all. Why would you do that? Other than, you know, saying, people saying, well, you're just trying to import voters. You know, why would you do that? We don't have an open, nobody has an open door policy. Nobody. That's why I can go to your, if I go to your house, your door is locked. Okay? You don't keep your door unlocked because you don't have an open door policy. How does that make sense for this country? Why would we just invite every single immigrant in the world into this country? And see, here's what's funny, too. Biden cut it off at one point, you know, because it it was inconvenient at the time, you know, or you didn't want to do something. And so it's okay for you to cut it off when you want to cut it off. You know, Obama deported more people from the country than George Bush did. So Obama didn't have a problem kicking people out of this country, you know, but Biden, Joe Biden, is inviting everybody in, anybody that wants to come in. I almost think he's having a senior moment, and it's like somebody, a senior who is, you know, losing his marbles a little bit and keeps leaving the front door open and walking around muttering with his pants down. Corn Pop is a bad dude. Corn Pop is a bad dude. I am? <laughs> but, um, you know, and I, I think it's unfortunate that you get people and families and children involved because, listen, these people are coming across, they're looking for something, they're looking for hope, they're looking for the American dream, and I sympathize with them. However, I'm sorry, but I sympathize more with the people that live in this country, and specifically the people that live in the border towns, that are getting overrun, that have people sleeping all over their streets, they're using up all the resources, the ho- homeless shelters are overrun, you know, you then we got the fentanyl crisis going on. So we got this drug in here that is the number one killer of our kids. And we know it's coming over the border. Where do you think it's coming from? You think no immigrants are bringing in fentanyl? None of them. Fuck out of here with that shit. You know, every immigrant that comes across the border is not a saint. Everyone is not seeking asylum. Some of them are subverting. Some of them, not all, as Jesse Lee Peterson would say, not all, not all, not all. But some of them, some of them are. And we have to be adult enough to recognize that. And that is why we have a legal process of immigration into this country. Let me ask you a question directly. Mr. Joe Biden. What about those people? What about the people who waited online to get in this country? What about the people who did it right? 
What about the people who filled out the paperwork, who paid the money, who went through everything they needed to go through, who went through the background checks and waited online, and they're waiting and they're waiting and they're waiting years to get into this country. And then all of a sudden, Joe Biden just opens the door and lets a whole bunch of people in, anybody that just wants to get here first. So what happened to the law of the land? What happened to, to, to the legality of it? So to me, when I see DeSantos or Greg Abbott, I don't have to like them as individuals. I don't have to like their other policies. And I might even think some shit that they might do is racist. I might think all kinds of things about them. But do I, what do I think of him as a governor? I think he did what the fuck he needed to do for his people and his constituents. You don't get to overrun me and my town and my people and my state. Fuck out of here. Go do that where you live. As a matter of fact, let me send that where you live. Oh, no. They're sending the migrants to Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> you people are pathetic. Not Martha's Vineyard. Oh, God, no. Get the purple hairs. They're sending them to Martha's Vineyard. Fuck out of here, okay? You see Martha's Vineyard got them the fuck up out of there as fast as they could because they don't want it in their backyard. Why don't you turn Martha's Vineyard, the entire place, into a migrant center? You could house a million migrants on Martha's Vineyard. I don't see y'all doing that. I don't see these rich people giving up their homes. But you want to flood New York City. You want to flood... Well, it's not that you want to flood New York City. It's that Greg Abbott sent them here. Okay? Ron DeSantis, they sent them here. But you want to flood the border towns. And now that you have left-wing towns being overrun, you know, now it's a problem. Now that you have, you know, northern places and other areas that aren't traditionally getting these border immigrants because they're not border towns, but they're being shipped here by the thousands. And now Eric Adams, we need some help. Help us. We having a problem. It's too many of them. But before you was, oh, come in. This is what we're all about. We're New Yorkers and da da da. Until it gets to be too much. You see, they called your bluff. Stop being stupid. We need comprehensive immigration reform. Let me tell you something. This country is a land of immigrants. And we, we, we love our immigrants in this country. We love people from South America. We love people from Africa. We love people from India and from Asia and all over the place. We want them here. That's what makes America great. But you don't just let anybody in here. You don't just let anybody in here. And then that's what we're doing. And then we wonder why, oh, we got a whole bunch of problems. We, you, y'all the type that will step over a homeless person that's already here to let another person in here from someplace else. Y'all the type that'll step over a homeless person to feed a dog. So please, you full of shit, okay? Take care of what we need to take care of here first before you want to take on the problems of the world. That's why we got a fentanyl crisis in here now. That's why our shelters are being overrun now. All right? So on that note, because Stomping McFucknuts is going on again, we are moving on. Okay, folks, so we are moving right along, chugging along, going over all of these different 
instances and situations and subjects. Isn't this fun? Isn't this a blast, Papa? Papa, what's a war? Speaking of war, son. <laughs> I'm so goofy right now. It's not even funny. It's New Year's. I'm like, I'm drinking already now. I'm drinking a mimosa. I've already had coffee. Now my mimosa is like, I'm out of my head. So, <laughs> anyway, anywho, let's talk about the Ukraine-Russia war. Just touch on it. Now, I've done podcasts talking about this before. So, like I said, like I keep trying to iterate, I don't want to go into, get into, super into the weeds on any of these subjects. I just want to kind of touch on little things about the subject. So we know that Russia invaded Ukraine. And the reason why they invaded them is because Russia would like to reacquire Ukraine. Uh, but the Soviet Union no longer exists because that's when the Soviet Union used to be, you know, one place and then it was broken up. Okay. Which, by the way, I believe Mikhail Gorbachev uh, just died. Uh, was it Gorbachev? Um, I forget which one of those Russian leaders. I'm sorry. But um, one of them just died. But, um, yeah, it was Mikhail Gorbachev. So so now here we are. The, the No, excuse me. So when the Soviet Union broke up, the Ukraine became its own country, its own nation state, right? Their own independent, just like what Taiwan and, you know, China right now there's you know they are separate right but there's animosity because it's like we used to own you we used to own this thing we used to own this land and now we want it back maybe because you're falling hard on economic times or whatever the situation is just pride nationalism whatever here's the thing though when somebody becomes an independent right we have rules we have laws in this world and you know, it does, it's not about might makes right. So they don't want to be a part of Russia anymore, the Ukraine. So guess what? They, you know, they said no. <laughs> and um, Putin had already annexed part of Ukraine, a small portion. I think the uh, a small part in the south, I believe. I don't have notes on this right now, so just bear with me. Um, walk with me, fam. I'm a black man from the Bronx talking about Ukraine and Russia, okay? And I don't have any notes. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> I said I'm a black man from the Bronx. Like, that's a fucking handicap. That's a plus. But um, anyway, so so now here we are in 2022. Putin is trying to annex more of Ukraine. And so he's doing it under the guise of, uh, you know, there's this threat, there's this blah, 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 blah. You know, he's making up bullshit. Kind of like when a cop comes up to you and they start saying shit like, you know, to your car and they're like, I smell marijuana. Have you been drinking? You know, they start trying to effectuate like all of this bullshit and come up with all of this imaginary stuff. So that's kind of like what Putin is doing in this situation. It's an excuse, you know, to, uh, you know, it's like a pretextual excuse to go in on you eventually and seize control and power and when that didn't work they went hands-on and so okay i understand that that's going on guess what i feel for the ukrainian people i know russian people and i'm i know ukrainian people i grew up with russian people okay i'm from the bronx man we have i grew up i have russian people who lived in my building i have russian kids in my class okay and ukrainian kids 
Okay, and I'm talking, I'm 53 years old. So it's not like, you know, Russians and Ukrainians are foreign to me. You know what I mean? Um, so so here's the, here's the deal, though, right? Ukraine said no. Russia said yes. Russia went in, right? And now we're at a point where the war is getting pretty thick. You know, Putin is in there and he's kind of, uh, you know, it's like the old school Russia mistake where they, you know, go into a country and then the next thing you know, your tank tracks start getting stuck in the mud. You start getting cut off from your supply lines. You start getting guerrilla attacks, ambushed. You start having getting bushwhacked, as they say, you know, because, you know, you, it's like Vietnam. You can't defeat a, an entire country when the people are willing to throw rocks at million-dollar helicopters. You can't beat that, okay? And so the Ukrainians are fighting back, and guess what? The Ukraine is a strategic partner, okay, in that area of the world. And so guess what we told them? Uh, as long as you guys choose not to, you know, if you don't develop nuclear weapons, we'll protect you to a degree, to a degree. Because that's, I mean, we that's the stipulation. It has to be. Because we're not, we're not going to go nuke for them. They're not a, a member of NATO. But we're going to get to that in a minute. So we're telling Ukraine, okay, we'll help you. So guess what? We're doing the same thing with Ukraine that we did against Russia. Because we fought Russia before. Most people don't really realize this. Okay? But we fought Russia in the 80s. That's how, that's how Osama bin Laden came about. <laughs> yeah. So the Soviet Union did the same shit. But in another part of the world, they invaded Afghanistan. And the Afghanis was like, hell no, you will be getting the F out of here. And they fought them for 10 years. They fought them. Afghanistan is the toughest place on earth to wage a war. Did you know that? Toughest place in the world to wage a war because of the terrain. Okay? People have, it's legendary. People have gotten their asses whooped and got the fuck out of there. So the Russians were getting their ass whooped for 10 years. Guess what? how they were doing it? The United States was secretly giving them arms. Okay? The CIA was giving them arms. And if you think I'm making this up, look it up. Smart people already know it's true. Intelligent people know it's true. People who know history know that it's true. People who are up on events know that that's real. Okay? And nothing wrong if you don't, to be honest with you. Um, but take a minute, pause, and go look it up. Okay, Osama bin Laden came about because he was a young man during this time. And um, he was like, you know, he, he had some money through his family business. And he was like, guess what? I'm going to be a freedom fighter and I'm going to fight against these Russians. And, you know, we trained them. We gave them money. We gave them stinger missiles and they were shooting the helicopters out of the sky. Sound familiar? But then guess what happened? The Afghanis defeated the Russians, marched their asses across the bridge. You can actually see the Russians, the last Russian soldier, giving the salute to the Afghanis and going across the bridge, and the Afghanis being like, yeah, eat a dick. <laughs> so, um, but what, ten, what happened was, after the war was over, Afghanistan was in shambles. It was a, uh, just a pile of rubble, and the United States was like, okay, see you guys later, <laughs> and they just left. All our their agents, CIA agents, all of them just left. All of the quote-unquote advisors just left. And Afghanistan was in a rubble, was reduced to rubble. 
and Osama bin Laden and were mad. They were like, we're going to get y'all because you left us high and dry. Now our country is destroyed and you you just you're not helping. See, but we weren't legally supposed to be there. So we had to pretend like we were never there. And this is how the conflict between the United States and Afghanistan got started in terms of Osama bin Laden and, you know, a lot of these regimes that they call terrorists. Um, and guess what? If you are attacking, I'm an American citizen. I live in this country. If you're attacking this motherfucker, you're a terrorist. I live here. Okay? So you can keep that bullshit somewhere else. But I understand it, though. In some instances, and especially in that instance, I understand it. And so I told that fact of what happened in that situation to kind of give a draw this parallel because I empathize with the Ukraine. I empathize with the Ukrainian people. But guess what? We can only give you but so much. Okay, we're giving billions and billions and billions of dollars. We're giving arms. We're giving logistics. We're giving help. We're giving everything you can imagine, anything that you would need to effectuate a war. We are giving it to them, okay? As if it was us, just like what happened with Russia against Afghanistan. We are in the same position right now. But here's the thing. We, the United States citizen of today, are not in the same position as people were back then. We have more access to information now. We have the... uh, uh, the ability to have already digested the past and, you know, been able to dissect and, and discern what took place. So now here we are in 2022. This situation is happening in Ukraine. And um, at this point, it's like, OK, we've given you all of this stuff. Why are we still giving? At some point, shouldn't it be, hey, guys, um, We're having our own problems in America. So if we're going to continue to give you arms and all of this money, I'm going to need you to join NATO. okay? because if you don't join NATO, then we can't go beyond a certain point. You're not a NATO nation. You're not in our gang. You see, you're not in our gang. You're gang affiliated, (laughs) so to speak. You're a friend. But at the end of the day, either y'all got to get jumped in or you got to. Get your asses on and do do for yourself. Now, some people will say, well, they can't join NATO because if they do, Putin will attack. I'm just staring at the microphone right now because that's absurd. He's already doing it. What's he going to do? He'll fire tactical nukes. You think he won't do that anyway? Let him get into a position where he's in a no-win situation on some issue here where he's not going to get what he wants. Because guess what, baby? They are going to annex part of Ukraine. Another chunk of Ukraine is going to become Russian territory. Okay? And there is nothing we can do about it. Want to do something about it? Have them join NATO. Because our credo in NATO is, you mess with one NATO nation, you mess with us all. And it's just like with family. So you affiliated, but you're not in. There's membership has its privileges. So are you are you picking up what I'm putting down? Do you understand? Or no? Ukraine got to either shit or get off the pot. Okay? No disrespect. Love y'all. Y'all my people. But Ukraine, if you want the full force of the United States, you got to join NATO or you got to do your own thing. Okay, work out your own deals. 
So here's the thing with that. Ukraine is, they not, you know, they're not gung-ho about joining NATO. And because they're like, we don't, we're afraid that of what Putin will do. Well, then, we'll give you another $5 billion and then y'all got to go. But I guess what I think is happening here. I think that the vice president's son, who at the time, at, well, the president's son, Joe Biden, when he was vice president under Barack Obama, his son worked for Burisma, which is a Ukrainian company, and they were paying him $850,000 a month. Okay, they were paying this crackhead, you know, no disrespect, but bro, you used to smoke crack. You smoke crack, don't you? <laughs> you, you, you were making $83,000 a month to be an advisor. Sir, that is called proximity to power. Nobody is paying Pookie $83,000 a month for, your, for what is in your head. You smoke crack with prostitutes and blow on a, through a straw to make art for some bullshit. Okay, they was paying for proximity to power. And that's it. That's a fact. Because guess what? When Joe Biden got out of office, they cut off the spigot. Okay, so let's stop playing stupid games here. Okay, let's let's talk about truth. Okay, damn, I'm having the same issue with the mic. So. So, so, so. All right. What are we doing here? Why, why is this important? Why does this matter? It matters because I believe that Joe Biden is compromised. I believe that they, the Ukrainian oligarchs, they are holding it over Biden's head that, you know, we didn't really want your son. <laughs> we wanted proximity to power and so that we get some money out of y'all and whatever else we needed, and influence. We, you know, it's called influence peddling. And, you know, it's like a little backdoor thing. So it's interesting because now with this whole Hunter Biden business, I believe that that information would have, was on that laptop that this idiot left in, to, in a, a, a damn uh, computer repair shop. You're the vice president's son. You're the president's son. You're leaving your computer in the... In the you, you dumb. But um, anyway, so I, I think Hunter Biden is compromised and Joe Biden is compromised, I should say. And that's why the situation, that's why we're giving him all of our money. But guess what? You're not giving that money to. You're not giving that money to African-Americans, to ADOS. OK, you're not giving that money to the descendants of slaves, to of enslaved people. But we're owed that money. But you're giving all of our money to Ukrainians. You're giving all of our money to migrants. Do you understand or no? I never said no migrants should get any money. I never said no migrants should come. I never said we shouldn't give money to Ukraine. I never said anything like that. I'm saying you're doing too much. And I'm sick of these dumb-ass Democrats who are so high on the fucking sniffing the Democrats' butthole that they can't see that there's a problem with this. And if you say anything that's in direct contravention to their marching orders, then you're no longer in the club. Well, fuck that. I'm no longer in the club. I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I'm a human being. And I see that Ukraine is getting all the money that should be going to black people, okay? Black Americans, okay? Period. Period. Get my mom. 
Biden better have my money. All right? We's owed our checks, and we want it. And I don't give a F what anybody got to say about that shit. So the fact that y'all doing the most with this, with, with our hard-earned taxpayer dollars, you're doing too much for people, we have a say-so about that. I wouldn't vote for Joe Biden again if my name was vote for Joe Biden. Joe Biden couldn't get, I wouldn't vote for Joe Biden for dog catcher. Okay? So the fact that y'all done lost uh, the House and you almost lost the Senate, there's going to be some changes going on. So get ready because they're going to be, uh, ooh, y'all going to be getting hearings up the, up the booty hole. Okay? Y'all, and, and guess what? I'm not going to feel no type of way about it. Because of the shit you're doing now. So you're not on the side of the people that put you in office, which is black people. I'm saying that in my Joe Biden voice. I'm telling Joe Biden in my Joe Biden voice. Black people put you in office, sir. Black people. I see black people. Blacks. Blacks. We put you in office, sir. And you're doing for everyone but us. Why can't we get anything from you, sir? That's over. Game over. It's over. You're not getting my vote again. And there are a bunch of other black people who you're not getting their vote ever again either. I gave you the benefit of the doubt to get that orange asshole up out of here. But now I'm not. Not so much. Let him come back. Let him. Let y'all not be able to get that man in any of the processes you're trying to put him through now and he runs for office again. Y'all look for my vote, I'll be like, eat a dick. Eat a dick sandwich because my vote is going to an ancestor. If you don't have my interest at heart, I'm not going to continue to have yours. I'm not a fucking slave. And there are a lot of people who they are not slaves either. And we are not dumb. Now, I gave you the benefit of the doubt the first time, okay? But guess what? That's a power play too because now here we are deep in the fourth. And you need me again. And you're not getting it. You're not getting me. I already showed you who I was with my vote the first time. You'll never get that again. Do you understand? Or no? We are moving on. All right. So I'm going to touch on a couple of more things. And then we're going to get the hell on out of here. Because this podcast has already been, it's too long already. It's too, too long already. So long. What am I doing? All right. So um, I just wanted to acknowledge COVID is still here. Um, I know people that have gotten COVID. The shit is still serious. People are still dying. Okay. Not in the same way they were before. I understand that. Okay. I understand that. We, we are initiated. Okay. But it is still here. And so, you know, we had this triple-demic. We had covid we had the flu and we had RSV, okay? But um, just protect yourselves in any way you see fit. I ain't telling you what to do. I'm vaxxed up, okay? I'm not afraid. First of all, vaccines are African science. Africa. How about that? How about that? It's African. So I'm okay with it. So uh, moving on from that. Um, I want to real quick... Also, just say, I'm so glad Alex Jones got his motherfucking asshole ripped in half 
and he got he they he got like the biggest judgment in in history against him uh for uh saying that Newtown was you know crisis actors and all that crazy shit he said what a nutbag what a fucking nutbag like Alex Jones I don't say this often but you got what the hell you deserve okay you horrible horrible human being despicable to sit there and put those people, those families who had already lost their children in the mo- one of the most horrific ways possible, you're sitting there on top of everything telling them they're crisis actors and the government made that shit up. Man, if that was my kid, I, w- I don't give a shit what it cost me. I would have gotten on a flight, I would have found your ass, and I would have knocked you the fuck out. Okay? I'd have knocked all your goddamn teeth out your mouth talking about my kid's death was done by a crisis actor. Man, fuck you on behalf of the Newtown parents. Fuck you. I hope they take every dime you got. And then the last dime that you hiding in your asshole, I hope somebody sticks their motherfucking fist in there and rips it out along with your goddamn guts. All right? How about the fuck that? Fuck you. And another motherfucker, another dumbass you had on your show. Kanye West. You know, we got the most important events in human history happening. And, you know, you got this dumbass. One dumbass got another dumbass on his show. Alex Jones got Kanye West in a fucking wrestling mask. This motherfucker done watched the Batman, and now he thinks he's the Riddler. Kanye, you're not smart enough to be the Riddler. As a matter of fact, you're stupid. Kanye West is a dumb, self-hating, self-absorbed fool. And I have been saying it since about 2012. Check my records. You think I haven't been saying it since 2012? Go on my website. Go to the links and look up the people's mic. Go scroll all the way back to the beginning and look at me talking about Kanye West. You'll see a picture of Kanye West with the Confederate flag that he put on his tour merchandise in which I said to this dumb motherfucker, you, I dare you, you putting the Confederate flag, I said, I dare you to put the, the swastika on your Confederate, on, on your um, tour merchandise and see what happens to you. I said, the Jewish community will fucking destroy you. Okay. And guess what? They destroyed you, sir. You basically did it and they fucking destroyed you. I told you, dummy, and I'm glad it happened because guess what? Nobody said anything when dumbass wrestling mask fucking Kanye West said slavery was a choice when he uh, said Harriet Tubman never hurt helped anybody when he said George Floyd's family was greedy you know and every put tour merchandise the confederate flag on his clothes fuck Kanye West fuck him slavery was a choice you 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 fucking kicking rocks is a choice ho get the fuck out of here black people don't want you we want to trade up we want to trade up Give us somebody else. Give us somebody Caucasian. We'll give y'all Kanye West. Okay? Give us somebody. <laughs> okay? Shit. And I done talked too much about Kanye West already. Dumb motherfucker running around in a wrestling mask. That's why you lost your fucking kids. Because you're running around in a fucking wrestling mask being anti-Semitic. Running around back in stupid ass shit. Talking about fucking Hebrew Israelite bullshit. Uh... Uh, from from Hebrews to Negroes. Man, ain't nobody got time for that shit. Black people ain't signing up for that shit. You might get 10 black people to sign up. 
Okay, black people is not fucking putting on them goddamn leather skirts with them wrestling outfits and the plastic spikes. Black men, real black men ain't going to be standing out there calling black women bitches and and the N word and saying y'all need to come join us because y'all B's and N's and F you and, you know, doing all the crazy shit that people who are initiated and know who these dumbass Hebrew Israelite fake ass religion, you know, that's some bullshit. Yeah, black people go, you want, we not Africans, we Hebrews. You so scared of Africa? Y'all so scared and so dumb? Y'all my, y'all dumb. I'm t- I don't talked about you too much. Girl, bye. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, and I was going to talk about the BTS crash and all of that, but I don't have no money and I don't have no interest in that. Fuck that right now. You know what I'm saying? Y'all was dumb enough to fucking, you know, I, I'm sorry people got caught up in that shit. I really am. But to the celebrities and all these people with all this money, you getting caught up in this motherfucker, try investing in some black people, okay? Try that. Try that, okay? Y'all, if that dude was black, he wouldn't have got a dime out of nobody, okay? And talking about ineptitude, goddamn Trump and his $750 fucking tax ass, you orange piece of shit, my mother pays more in taxes than you. Okay, Donald Trump, if Donald Trump was black, his orange ass would have been in jail. Lock that goddamn armadillo up. He should be in jail. Okay, that's another thing that came out at the end of the year. All right. Put Donald Trump's name in there with monkeypox, RSV, the flu virus, COVID, all of that shit. And Donald Trump. Okay. Damn, I done talked about these dummies too long. Donald Trump, you broke-ass, orange-ass, dumb-ass motherfucker, $750 tax evader. I hope you you get locked up. Lock him up. Talking about lock up Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, you wish you could... could, Man, Hillary Clinton may be a cackler. She may wear them Dr. Evil 1984 uh, suits. She might uh, do the nene and pretend like she got hot sauce in her purse and all the dumb shit that she did. But guess what? She sat there and testified for 11 hours straight. She's better than you. She's better than all of the Republicans. I'll take Hillary Clinton over anybody in the Republican Party. Anybody. Hillary could get my vote. I don't give a goddamn how that sounds to anybody. I will vote for her if she said she was for reparations. Because I'm only voting for candidates who are for reparations. If you are not for reparations, you are not getting my vote. I don't care what's going on. If somebody was like, yo, Godzilla's about to come fart on the world. We need your help. That's a no from me, dog. Okay? That's a no from me. Unless Unless you're voting for reparations, you're not getting my vote. Nobody is. I will never vote. And that's even on the local level. I will ask you. And if I don't get an answer... Uh, as to whether or not you are for reparations or not, you're not getting my vote. Period. The end. Okay? I'm moving on. So last up, um, I want to just, you know, give a shout out to the families of Hurricane Ian that lost people in Florida. My condolences to you because that happened this year as well. We had multiple mass shootings. You know, we had the uh, Q Club shooting, Club Q shooting. Um, you know, we had, uh, Valde, uh, shooting where the 19 kids were killed. And I think two adults were killed in that too. So, you know, um, those things, this was a, a, 
a lot a year where a lot of things happened, man. A lot of messed up things, and a lot of people went through a lot of stuff. We did this through COVID, you know. And um, my heart goes out to anybody that went through any kind of tragedy, anybody that suffered anything. I feel for you, and um, it was a horrible thing. So, um, trying to wrap this up, but I don't want to wrap it up on, uh, you know, I, I I want to kind of get at some of these things before I go. Little things like the raid on Mar-a-Lago, <laughs> on Trump, Trump's ass. Fuck, that happened too. Another Trump thing. I didn't mean to talk about him again, but damn, you know, you're talking about bad things and, you know, Trump's name comes up. You tried to steal documents, sir. You should be in jail. Okay, you cannot be trusted with documents. You cannot be trusted with the presidency. And I bet you he stole the silverware too. Okay, also, Will Sl- the Will Smith, Chris Rock slap happened this year. Um, in 2022, I, it's, it happened. It's like everything. It's like 10 years worth of stuff happened in 2022. Okay. I want to say something about the Will Smith slap though. Um, I don't like Chris Rock at all, at all, because Chris Rock is all he does to me is say the N-word. Chris Rock is like a minstrel to me. He puts the N-word in every single thing that he does. Chris Rock may be entertaining to Caucasians and, and dumb black people, but he is not entertaining to me. All he does is disseminate and spread the N-word for his corporate masses. That's it. He is to spread the N-word among the black masses to keep us dull-witted and dumb. And I don't respect that. He puts it in everything he does. Um, I remember when he did that stupid promo for Busta Rhymes and he just kept saying, you ends ain't ready for Busta Rhymes or whatever the hell he was saying. It was so embarrassing. Grown ass black man, grandfather probably running around saying the N word like that. You sound stupid. You sound like a broken slave. And so when Will Smith slapped you, there was a part of me that was glad. But then there's the part of me that I felt like, damn, you know, Chris Rock. That's a man. He got family. He got children. Nobody should have to go through that. He was on stage. You know, it was embarrassing. And so I do feel for him in that way. And ergo, this is this ergo. Why am I saying ergo? Ergo. Therefore, henceforth, back and forth, west forth, 34th, July 4th. <laughs> um, so what I'm trying to say is, I felt for both of those men in that moment. And I don't like Will Smith's little N-word stuff, too, because I got bones to pick with him. I remember when he did that that movie, Bright. That movie, within six minutes of that movie being on, like le- less than seven minutes, somebody said the N-word. I turned it off. I've never seen the rest of that movie. Okay? And he put it in Bad Boys 2 or whatever, Bad Boys 3. I don't even know because I wouldn't watch it. I'm not watching anything anybody does that is a, 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 a vomitor of the N-word. If you are working for the slave master to this day, to this day, to this day, if you're working for the slave master, I'm not working for you and I'm not working with you and I don't give a fuck what it costs me. I would love to work with um, uh, Overbrook Entertainment. Okay, I got stuff that I'm trying to sell, stuff that I want to put out there. I would love to work with them. I would never work with anybody in the entertainment industry who was into the N-word, into disseminating the N-word to black people. And I like Will Smith, okay? And I don't dislike Chris Rock. I think Chris Rock is funny. I just choose not to watch it. I choose not to let him be the one that makes me laugh. 
I choose not to listen to and watch his entertainment. It's why I didn't watch that Spiral movie. It's why I'm not fucking with anybody that fucks with the N-word. Do you understand? Oh, no. Okay. Let me see. I got a couple of cards over here, which I never even went through. So that was pretty dumb of me. I've been talking for hours. Um, one of the books that I really enjoyed this year, comic books, um, was Patton Oswalt's book, Oswald's book called Minor Threats. I thought that book was really good. Um, I, I, I read a couple of issues, and guess what? I think he's legit. I think he's a legit geek. I enjoyed his story, and maybe I'll talk about that later on. Um, the writer was, like I said, Patton Oswalt um, Jordan, and Jordan Bloom. The artist was Scott Hepburn. Um, colorist was Ian Herring. If you get a chance, go pick it up. The book is legit. The story is dope. I like it. Okay, let's see. What else I got here? Um, I want to give a special shout-out to Darren Stevens. Uh, Darren Stevens is a friend of mine on Twitter. Um, he's somebody I met through um, Mike from the podcast Lessons with Mike. Darren Stevens came in as a supporter right away. He listened to me in the interview I did on Lessons with Mike, and he started supporting me right away and even included me in a conversation he was having on Twitter with, um, uh, uh, I was about to say Professor Griff, with um, Chuck D from Public Enemy. And, you know, it, it, just was, it just was a cool thing. You know what I mean? And I don't even remember exactly how it came about, but I know he was instrumental in that. So I respect that. And he respects what I do, and he supports the podcast. And so I consider him to be a friend. Uh, I want to say, so thank you. Shout out to you, Darren Stevens. Um, and shout out to um, Lessons with Mike. I also want to give a shout out to Licia, Licia, <laughs> Licia, um, who is also a Twitter friend. Um, I want to give a shout out to my boy, um, Shuttlesworth. Okay. Um, damn, I forget what he calls himself. Um, Diane Van Hook. Um, let me see. Anybody else? Carlos, uh, De Carlos Marlos. Um, that's his name. De Carlos Marlos. That's my dude on Twitter. And, you know, there's a few other people, but, um, sorry if I left anybody out, but, uh, I'm trying to get through all of this stuff. Very quick. Also, Hulk. Um, I just see another card uh, from Random Geek Musings from throughout the year. Something that I read. Another comic. Um, Hulk Smashtronaut. Check that out. Hulk Smashtronaut. Good-ass book. Okay? Different perspective on the Hulk. I had been looking to see what was going on with the Hulk for a long time, and nothing was going on. And I looked into it, and I came across the Hulk Smastronaut story and was like, this is a really unique take on this character. I really appreciate it. Okay. I'm, I could, I can keep going through these cards. I'm not going to though. I am going to end this here. Cause I got stuff to do. I got to prep dinner. Um, got to clean up some stuff, got to do some things. So I want to say thank you guys for being here. Thank you for lending me your time and your mind in this space and in this place. Thank you for following the Black Rabbit. I don't know how you wind up, wound up at these coordinates, but however you wound up tumbling down that rabbit hole, I thank you. Thank you for being here. Okay? The Robot Afro Show 
will return in 2023. Thank you for supporting us through these 21 episodes. Okay. We just got started in, in June. Here we are in December, about to go into January, and we got 21 episodes in. You guys have supported me. You guys rock. If I said anybody's name wrong, if I said your information wrong, if I did anything wrong, please forgive me. I apologize. I apologize. Just tell me what to do to get through to you. Girl, it's not the same. <laughs> I'm crazy. I'm crazy. I'm crazy. <laughs> All right. I got to get out of here, guys. Thank you very much. Love you. See you next year. And guess what? This podcast could be listened to at any time. I'm out. Love y'all. Peace. Be safe out there. Enjoy the new year. Hey, uh, welcome to the-